Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Remember, no curse is unbreakable. Welcome to Our Community, Diana Rachel, the 169th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today comes from Diana's new book, Hex Twisting. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelociRose.com. You may call me Ode. We are absent, Carr, but you and may call me Gwen. Oh, yes, mother. And Very neat. We may be absent, Carr, for another week. I'm not sure. I do have some potential solutions lined up because we're doing an interview this week. I didn't want to try to combine it with Zoom. So yep. this week, no Carr. So no Carr, but it's Gwen mm-hmm. and it's Ode mm-hmm. and it is our guest. Diana. Diana. Let's see. First, do we have any housekeeping we need to do? Um. Well... We just found out that we are going to be teaching at right. Convocation in 2022. Yes, so Woo-hoo. Convocation, February 2022. Uh, we have four classes. All of them were accepted, so yes. we're going to have another very busy Convocation. Thank goodness they're not all on the no, same they're day. No, they're on different days. Yeah, so we have one Thursday, one Friday, one Saturday. And then Gwyn has a second class she's doing on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, a class that's just her for Green Witchcraft. Just, just so. me. But, so we're going to be there and and teaching, so we will see you all there. We have mm-hmm. some fun as, classes planned. And as we get closer, we will give you more information about right. dates and times. And, but and, it's still several months away. But it's, so. Yeah, it's in February. So, But if you do want to get into the hotel that Convocation is at, mm-hmm. you probably want to do that now if you have not already. Because Reserve the your spaces space. fill up very quickly. They so. do. They do. Just if, as a warning. In fact, Carr, I believe, already booked. Yeah, we're already booked. He, bo- he booked there. us there before we knew we were going to oh, be yeah. teaching, for sure. Yeah, because we were going to go regardless. Yeah. We would have been there so, regardless. So book your hotel at um, at or around Convocation ASAP because it fills up fast. That's right. It's yeah, I think it. that's all our new housekeeping. So yeah. we are housekept and housekept. And mm-hmm. Diana, welcome Hi. to the podcast. Welcome, Diana. Hello. It may be worth mentioning that I am one of the featured presenters at Convocation this year, so I should probably look at the schedule and see what I'm doing. <laughs> probably, that, yes. That you should look into that. <laughs> yes, so you guys are going to get to hear to Diana tonight mm-hmm. talking with us. and you A sneak preview of the future Convocation. And hopefully, if you can come to Convocation in February, you will get to take one of Diana's classes. Mm-hmm. I got to take one of Diana's classes several years ago, mm-hmm. and it was brilliant. Yes. So, just saying. So let's begin, I guess, with the the standard interview stuff. Diana, please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Oh, dear God. Um, (laughs) And about yourself. How did you get into witchcraft? Oh, that could take up the full damn hour. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm Diana Rachel. I am author of Urban Magic, A Guide for the City Witch and Hex Twisting Counter Magic Spells for the Irritated Witch. Most people will probably be more familiar with my works, Maben, Recipes, Rituals, and Lore. I always get that mixed up. And Samhain, Rituals, Recipes, and Lore, the one with the, the purple one, the cute little black cat in the cover that French people especially seem to like for whatever reason. <laughs> and 
I, so I am, because my path has evolved, so like a lot of people, when I was about 19 or so, I started with Wicca and Scott Cunningham and Silver Ravenwolf, and along the way, I've pretty much figured out that I am both an animist, possibly, you know, with leanings towards the Slavic side and living with my partner, Sinti, who is a Finnish-American shaman, there's a lot of Finnish and Polish stuff that naturally converges just because of who we are and the way we are. And also just because I've been a spirit worker for so many years, I've had second sight since I was born. I've started gradually turning into, for those familiar with Terry Pratchett, I'm basically the younger Granny Weatherwax and I'm eventually evolving into her because my entire attitude about deity at this point is don't go around believing in gods, it just encourages them. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of witchcraft do you do? Yeah, what do you do? I pretty much do freeform witchcraft at this point. I am not committed to, I actually, and this tends to make people's heads explode a little bit, so I apologize if this is uncomfortable, because of the way that I work with spirits, because I'm basically working with Stay Puffed Marshmallow and Godzilla-sized spirits, we decided, I agreed, and very everybody was happy with the decision to remove any of my Wiccan initiations, because I was all the way up to third degree in two different traditions. And we had those removed because being connected to me with the stuff that I do was getting to be a little too much for the other people attached to me. Fair enough. So I do my own damn thing. I'm a witch. <laughs> You preach it. That's right. One size fits all does not work with traditions either. And I have a great deal of respect and absolutely love learning how different cultures parallel each other. But cramming myself into just one isn't true to who I am. It isn't true to my genetics. I'm very mixed. Mm -hmm. And it just isn't true to the way my brain works. I care about what works. I care about the relationships I have. But as far as tradition keeping goes, I've got come to the opinion that it seems to be doing more harm than good at this point in our lives. Mm-hmm. I know that for myself, I started out in Wicca and eventually evolved into pretty much like what you're talking about, doing my own thing. And I mean, like, I'm religiously a heathen, but all the witchcraft yeah. I do is shit you taught me. It's not like <laughs> a specific thing. Yeah. That would be shit yeah. that their mother taught them. Yes. <laughs> as they, as, as I they gesture, gesture to, to me helpfully. <laughs> On this audio on this media. audio uh, recording here, yes. <laughs> As you mentioned, you are the author of uh, quite a few books, several books, actually, yes. all of which are very good. I love your Maven and your Samhain books. I also really enjoyed Urban Magic. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. I think I have a copy of that. You do? Yeah. And I have a copy of it, mm-hmm. and I have it on my phone. <laughs> and is it I know Jackson has a copy and wrote all over it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, it's very good. And that was actually the first time I ever saw or heard you speak or teach was when you were at Convocation teaching Urban Magic. Mm-hmm. And it was a great class because it was the first time... I was still kind of moving toward an animistic view. It was the first time that I had really heard or really thought about the fact that the elements around us in our in our buildings and our sidewalks and you know the things that you know in the steel and the concrete and things like that have their own spirit. And so that really that really helped define that for me. I know you have a very spirit focused practice, Diana, but you're also obviously a does it work? Mm-hmm. Which? Yes. Um, yes, very much so. Before we get into the book specifically, mm-hmm. like in a the general best. sense, what would be your sort of recommendation, I guess, for people who don't have a good spirit phone, who don't connect well or, or hear spirit well? 
So I would, I don't know if you're familiar with Gordon White. He, I, he runs the blog Rune Soup, mm-hmm. um, or I think it is a podcast with that now. And one of the ideas that I took from him that I incorporated into my own practice was establishing before you even cast the spell, establish for yourself what results you want to see and what tells you you have been successful. And so if, you know, X things, the other thing is just because you may not be able to hear and my clear audience is shit. I can see things. I can see shapes. I have felt up more things. I owe so many apologies, but I can't always hear what's going on. So what I've learned to do is say, okay, so there's two examples I have is one, if you're doing a money spell, have it. So I will have this much in my account and that is how you know you have succeeded. Or, and if you ask for specific signs, like I know one person, he was very Catholic in his practice, but he'd ask for blue feathers to get an indicator that spirit had heard him. And he'd ask for different colored feathers based on whether it was a yes or a no. Oh, interesting. Or what he had manifested or asked, or like, you know, a mixed feather color if there was a mixed result or a block or he needed to do an uncrossing. So for me, there was one time where I was working specifically, I... And this is the thing is the spirits do not subscribe to political correctness the way we do. Right. So even though I am definitely very concerned with cultural appropriation and how it impacts humans, my experience with spirits is they do not effing care because we basically come down to the same root ancestors. So they really don't freaking care. They care about who you are and how you behave and whether you're honorable. So with that context, I wasn't sure if um, Blackhawk wanted to work with me and I was having a situation where I needed some help myself outside of myself for some protection for my family and friends. And I sat down and I got the little corrugated buckets because you're supposed to do a whole procedure and do it correctly to show respect. And so I got the corrugated buckets. I made them up with his image. And I sat down and said, I can be kind of dense. I can't always hear you. If you're okay working with me, please send me a sign. I did not make it clear what sign to use. <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> and, and he is associated with blackbirds as well as like literal hawks. Mm -hmm. And so I was out on the Pacific Coast Trail with the woman who's my business partner now. And we were walking her dog and we went back to get the dog some to the parking lot to get the dog some water and some food. And we turned around and there was this huge arc of blackbirds that had surrounded her van. Oh my goodness. And and I have a video (laughs) of this somewhere. And they proceeded to hop into a pipe shape, into a tomahawk shape, and into a lightning bolt shape. Oh my goodness. I'd say that's a sign. Is that my my partner, Nikki, is absolutely terrified of birds. So when I told her what that was about, she was ready to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But see, that's that's beautiful. That's, I think that's a great example of being open Mm -hmm. and asking, you know, we're always like, ask. Ask and then listen. Ask and then listen or watch. Right. And and I think a lot of it is recognizing the signs when you get them, because Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not going to be that obvious or that dramatic right Right. no but they he took me at my word i am very dense if he made sure i could not miss that (laughs) over the head with it (laughs) and i still almost did (laughs) like i have a very solid disbelief brain anchored in here from years as a journalist Mm -hmm. and it sometimes conflicts with the witch life a lot which can add to the density. So he really did everything he could to break through that. That's cool. That's uh, that's actually another interesting thing you can talk about. That's something I struggle with as well, for sure, is the finding the balance between discernment and disbelief. Yep. Yep. 
what's your fulcrum for that? What, what would you say is the the tipping point? I still have not found a good one for myself, to be honest. And I know, especially, you know, especially since my partner's a full-on shaman where, like, stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And so... At this point, the best two scales I have is I have a series of disconfirmation questions to rule out. Like, you know, can the laws of physics explain this? Granted, thermodynamics are a big part of magic if you know how to work it correctly anyway. What are the likelihoods? What are the probabilities? Can math impact this? And, you know, can medicine impact this once that's all ruled out? And this is even with the second site where I just, you know, I know something's going on, but I may not understand what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And so I run into that. But on a scale of every day to does this belong in a cartoon? Like how far into the cartoon universe does this belong? That seems to work for me pretty well. Fair enough. (laughs) Our Tiger Nix summons you to Valhalla Taproom in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Join us there for a wide range of unique meads, craft beer, and mead tales. Cocktails built around our meads and inspired by classic drinks like the Mojito and the Bloody Mary. Valhalla also serves handcrafted Italian sodas for the kids and designated drivers and offers three unique alcoholic slushies each week. This week, Oates suggests ordering Svashalen, a chocolate raspberry cordial shot debuting on the menu December 1st. Valhalla is open Thursday through Sunday. Find our hours online at norsenector.com and follow Valhalla Kzoo on Facebook for upcoming events. Diana. Yes. You have a new book. A new book. I do. It is called Hex Twisting, Counter Magic Spells for the Irritated Witch. It has a lovely cover that I enjoy looking at. It is black with sort of an off-white border and these little floating eyes that have bright orange pupils and little radiating lines out of them. I enjoy looking at it a great deal. They asked me for the cover art and I need to start writing down the names because I get the best cover artists. Seriously, I like I don't get to pick them. Mm-hmm. They pick me and I've been so fortunate. Well, this cover <laughs> but, is outstanding. Yeah, this is the one where they asked me what I wanted for the cover and I said either like a 1920s, 30s classic occult volume or a Pulp Fiction volume cover. And they decided Pulp Fiction would be too, uh, too expensive to draw, so they went with this and I love it. It's perfect. It's really good. It's perfect. And I absolutely love the counter magic spells for the irritated mm-hmm. witch. That it's like the subtitle oh, there. <laughs> the subtitle is perfect. I love it. And I also have to say, I, I love this book. Even just reading the yeah. table of contents is very, very good. It first of all, it, it picks up your sense of humor like immediately. Yeah, this sounds like you talk. So it does. Much. Yeah. It so much does. But it's so chock full of your experience and wisdom. And just really practical advice mm-hmm. if you are dealing with something that needs to be uncrossed or cleansed or... Something hanky. Something hanky mm-hmm. or something that's just irritating. Yep. So uh, what was the impetus yes. for writing this book? We're let's swear on this, right? Yes, you oh, absolutely I are. A whole lot of bullshit that piled up. So a, a combination of... My picker isn't exactly broken, but people know how to get around it. So mm-hmm. a couple of bad boyfriends that one of them had a thing for dating witches. And then some of the other people that he dated definitely like to turn on each other. Mm. So that was just one part of it. When you work as a city priestess, as I do and as I was, there's people that have a problem with that that know that that's out there. Mm-hmm. 
And so that made life interesting and not just humans, other people, non-human persons sometimes Mm -hmm. have issues. And while I may not have exactly pissed in Wheaties in the past life, some people still remembered some stuff, especially when you're dealing with the Fae who do not discern between your (laughs) lifetimes. So things kind of piled up and... This is an interesting thing where I am working on ways, this is never going to be a book, but this is something that I'm working with, especially since my current partner is trans and my last spouse transitioned while we were together after 10 years, is there are some interesting side effects that come with that transition metaphysically. Mm -hmm. And as an empath who was dealing with a trans person who was also a covert narcissist, kind of fucked me up. Fair enough. Took a while to undo. Yeah. And so there's some stuff coming up there especially with the character self that gets shed as to the new person that's embraced. And there's some magic to that that has to be addressed, especially since I would say most trans people are magical in an extreme way and may not always know what that's going to do. And the reality that it does impact people around you, even if it is not what you want. So, and that, that was something that we were sorting out and that Cynthia has been helping me sort out a lot. I mean, really everything you do impacts the people around you. Yeah. Everything you do and everything you are. That's true. That is very true. So let's talk. I want to open this book. Yes. And let's talk about some of these chapter titles. <laughs> yeah, you have you have a great table of contents here. Oh, my gosh. So we start with chapter one with the fairly standard, what is counter magic and why is it necessary? Which, and I, it is very uh, informative and, you know, it, it's just a great chapter. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to go through all of them, no, but, we'll, no. but a personal favorite here is chapter four. Ah! Get it out of here! Driving negative magic out of the house. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's oh, see. God. I love one. chapter six. Mm-hmm. You did what now? <laughs> Bindings, freezings, and reversals for cross boundaries. Let's see. Nine. Hi, here's your butt back. Hex twisting of so-called irreversible spells. Some very entertaining uh, chapter titles here. And that's the uh, sort of the tone of the book, honestly. there's a there's There seems to be like a sort of a tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. quality to it. You bring a lot of humor to this. What could be a very grim subject? Very grim, very and dark people, for some people. When you end up in these situations, there's a laugh or cry. And when someone's throwing shit at you, but it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, my God, that was genius, you asshole. Well, and I think there's a place in here, I can't remember exactly where, where you kind of go a little godfather. You know, yeah, there's there's not, some discussion of horses and, you know, and, and horse heads in in uh, bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. and go into the mattresses. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's wording that people can identify with, right? And humor is always a good thing to do because, as we've talked about before on the podcast, hexing, cursing, counter cursing. This is an uncomfortable topic for some people. A lot of Very. some people's. <laughs> When I was going through my witchy coming of age, even acknowledging that curses were real was absolutely dismissed. Mm -hmm. That was one of those unaware of privilege type situations. And the more you progress in this, the more you find out everything that's there. And I mean, like, what's our shadow work? It's constantly finding the new level of discomfort to sit with. Yeah, no Mm -hmm. kidding. If we may, I would love to, um, if you could address a little bit even just, it's really from the first chapter where you're talking about what is hexing. And it's Mm -hmm. talking about the fact that magic was just magic. It didn't have colors associated to it, but that hexing really was born out of need Mm -hmm. from enslaved peoples. You know, that was their only recourse of justice. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
I know that the one that we that that is best known is the entire practice of hoodoo until about the last 10 years has been painted as completely evil. Mm-hmm. But when people are talking about, oh, this is so evil, oh, this violates free will, well, here's the tricky thing about magic is as much as consent matters and is improving our ability to interact, magic and consent don't exactly mix. Because if you want that parking spot and someone else wants that parking spot, you're not going to be able to say, oh, hey, I need the parking spot. Can I have it? There is a certain point where there is that assertion. There is a certain point where magic is for that advantage in part. And it didn't just, hexing didn't just develop there. Slavery has been around since just after the urban revolution, shortly after cities started forming on purpose. And it has not, and depending on the society, the level to which it was horrific was different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But either way, it was as almost as soon as money was invented, and this my urban stuff works into everything I do, disparity was invented, which made owning people seem like a good idea for some fucked up reason. Magic has always been with us in in various forms, whether it is hexing or not. I mean, it starts with the, oh, I want to grow things. I need to talk to the weather. It started as a survival tool. Right. And it has remained and until we've lived in a society where most of our survival needs are met. I mean, granted, we're having to scrap for them way harder than we used to. Mm. Like how how poverty and disparity looks is different from generation to generation. But now... A lot of the basic needs can be met even if you have to choose to live off of the excess or what people with more to throw away deem trash. You can still find ways to live off that excess. There really is enough for everyone. I just, you know, I personally prefer they not be distributed in such shitty ways. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of our scarcity now is artificial scarcity. Right. Yes. Yes. But at the same time, because of that, we get up in our heads. And that means that part of those scarcity issues get taken out in hexing and cursing and right. and in emotional wounds, because we're able to address most physical wounds now, leaving the emotional wounds that we don't necessarily treat as real. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. Even with the slow improvements to mental health care, there's still a lot that just isn't acknowledged as a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Destigmatization is going to be at least a 50-year process. Yeah. No and kidding. getting people to understand that your brain is an organ that deserves respect too. Mm-hmm. And if things are in your head, it's because your head's been taken some torture. <laughs> right. So you cover a lot of a lot of material in this book. And mm-hmm. honestly, a very short space. It's not a huge book. No. Huh? Um, you're, it, you're, you keep it very compact and you keep it mostly focused to practical solutions which I'm sure a lot of people are going to appreciate because the people who need this book the most are the ones who are like, I have this problem right now. Mm-hmm. Give me a solution, yeah, Diana. I'm um, not going to give you the philosophical lecture or the toxic positivity bullshit. I'm going right. to solve the problem. Exactly. exactly. And that's what I love about this book. It's very practical and useful. It, it is something that you can learn from, but it is also something you can open up and say, I need to do this. I need this solution I right now. This yeah. solution right now. And it's probably going to be something that's to hand, mm-hmm. you know, something that you're not going to have to spend a lot of money on to try or, to, or to gather the time. Yeah, exactly. I, I tried to take care to um, keep as much stuff to things that you can easily get in easily get either from a basic herbal supplier or from your grocery store. Mm-hmm. And almost anything here where you'd have to get it from an occult supplier, there usually is like something you get in a grocery store or a dollar store that you can switch in and it will be just as effective. Yeah. Right. An exactly. alternative. Yeah. Exactly. If you had to pick one part of this book that you think is 
Like if someone was only going to read one chapter, what chapter should it be? I would say look over the Am I Cursed mm. first. Mm. Because this is where some of the discernment and the belief, disbelief brain comes in. And especially because one of the next things I'm working on is training metaphysical empaths to handle the sensitivities better. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things in there with injuries you can get that aren't even necessarily sustained maliciously. So it's the learn how to rule things out before you go diving in, especially since there's a couple things I put in there that can really fuck somebody up and have. Mm -hmm. So I have no regrets over who I fucked up. <laughs> I don't start fights, but I always finish them. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the better you do the discernment to the point where you can almost compute it in your head really fast, the more you're going to get out of everything else in there. That makes sense. Something else I did really appreciate that I noticed while I was going through the book was uh, you talked about uh, the different energy bodies. Specifically, you, you called out that that's not going to be the same for neurodivergent people. It will not be. And I have been, I have worked with, a, I work with a lot of empaths. So the, that convocation I went to in 2019 was mm -hmm. the very first one I went to. Oh. And that's the one that I met my life partner at. So literally right before that class, uh, the first thing I ever said to them was, gentlemen, get the fuck out of my room. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, so I had started teaching, developing stuff for myself as an empath. And I was looking at some stuff in the yoga classes I took, so I was going to Purusha Yoga School, which was a initiated Raja lineage yoga school, where they encourage us to learn about this stuff. And I was, I, I like to learn about this stuff anyway. The occult has been my obsession since I was a teenager. And I was looking at different ways empaths describe their experiences. And so myself and my one of my romantic partners, Tom, they were running into the same situations. So, because I have good psychometry, so I can put my hands over something and know if it's been messed with or if there's something living in there or whatever. So I was like, okay, let's figure out how to test this. And I figured out a way to figure out what your energy body order was. And we figured out with us, our emotional bodies were all the way on the outside. And then a few months later, actually, while I was in Wilmington, um, I was finding a lot of excuses not to be in the hotel room I was in. And I happened to meet someone that worked at the Museum of the Bazaar who texted me right after I was there asking for some help because they were having some issues. Apparently, I just get a lot of non-binary guinea pigs. But um, they were struggling with some issues because they were like doing seances and other things with serial killer artifacts. And some of them were following them home. Well, of course they were. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it came down to, th there was a talk about boundaries keeping, but I had them come to my hotel and I showed them how to do some egg cleansings. Mm. And then I ran the diagnostic to find where the emotional body was located. And theirs was all the way in the outside. They're, they're not the, um, the emotional body, but the mental body was all the way in the outside. And when I explained what I found, they're like, well, yeah, I'm autistic. Interesting. And so... Like I taught some of the shielding techniques and stuff that I'd started teaching in San Francisco and brought to convocation. And so it's like, okay, so you have to shield differently because your energy bodies are in a different order. And this is a, not the only thing I'm teaching, but a major part of it. This is before I have to get, go into empath behaviors and codependence behaviors and how our trauma gets added to it. But when I went to convocation and I walked into a room that originally they asked me to teach it as a kid's class. Cause I, I think that nobody thought there was that much interest uh -huh. and I'd kind of passive aggressively bitched cause I'd had that 10 30 class night and they wanted me to teach at 9 30 the next morning, which is just 
freaking mean. <laughs> and it got moved. I'm like, oh, I guess they heard me and moved it. And so Friday, I had the, the, had the day to myself. Saturday morning, I walked in. And of course, by that day, Cynthia and I had been talking all day and gotten it flirting a little bit. So they decided to come even though they hadn't planned to. And we walk in there and there are 65 energetically divergent people in various stages of crisis. So that was a good morning. Uh Cynthia on their shamanic level works with emotions as spirits specifically. So I was teaching people their basic energy management. Like we literally just met the day before. They started working the room with me with people having the more advanced issues. It was like we've been working together for 20 years. Mm. So it's like the, oh, there's something here. So from that segue, it comes back to the book because this is stuff that I added in um, because I, like a month later, I ended up moving in with Cynthia by accident. Pandemic does weird things. Mm-hmm. No kidding. And it was giving me time to go oh, to, to take account of everything I'd learned, look at my own injuries that I'd sustained over a bunch of stuff that had happened since probably about 2009 and figuring out, okay, what can be repaired? Is there anything that's truly irreparable? Are there ways to look for the injuries and fix them? And can you figure out the source of the injury to see if it's a curse, to see if it's a vampire attachment? I do want to add the caveat that psychic vampires should not be immediately treated as hostile persons. Mm-hmm. They, they are people that are also energetically divergent. Mm-hmm. Some of them do make some horrible choices. <laughs> yes, yeah. so, so do non-psychic vampires. <laughs> that, that is true. In different ways that may not fuck you up quite as much energetically. Although it may be horrible for your bank account and car. It can be horrible for you in all kinds of ways, yeah. Yes, but in specific ways, especially when it comes to energy injuries, understanding that psychic vampires are people that can help or hurt, Mm. depending on whether they're given adequate training, right, is something to keep in mind because this all black and white thing, like all demons are bad thinking, right, is really causing more problems than it's solving. This is part of my there is no such thing as evil crusade. Don't tell the demons that they really like the rep. You know what? They're, you know what? They can have that rep all they want, but I'm going to continue to argue that there is no such thing as evil, and they're not going to convince me otherwise. Yeah, I, I personally see evil as a choice you make. Mm, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, same. Yeah, um, rather, and at that point, than... I would say it's not evil; it's cruelty. These are different things. Words matter. I'm going to need to think about that one because. <laughs> That there's some levels there that you'd almost have to add kink education to. But oh, yeah. oh, oh, definitely, definitely. absolutely. It, definitely. it gets complicated. But it does get complicated. We do have a question in the Discord. Okay. Swan asks, what is your opinion on the power of three rule where what you send out comes back to you times three? I've written an entire essay on why I do not believe in it. Uh, if you look on Spiral Nature, the blog, I have explained that not only is it impossible to quantify this sort of thing, these are not the sort of spell work is not the sort of thing that can be quantified in a lab in any way. But it is also, in my opinion, it became a sort of a Gregor. It came out of one specific pagan religion. Mm-hmm. And that religion positioned itself to be the only answer to witchcraft, which I have many big problems with. <laughs> um, where ethnocentrism is spit out as a cuss word on the best day. And it completely ignores the fact that people don't always have the privilege of choosing not to fight back. Right. I think we are in agreement with yeah. you. We've, I've, I've written about it as well, and we've talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but you know, I've never anecdotally found it to be accurate for a start, mm -hmm. but also just, it yeah. does not vibe with my yeah. worldview. Yeah. I will say that there have been circumstances where people have been convinced it was law three kicking their asses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. When it was really, when it was really poor execution of intention setting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that definitely can happen. Now, another question that I have is, let's say you do have someone who comes from a spiritual background, uh, whether it's Wiccan or any any spiritual background, who they feel like they need to deal with something in their lives, but they're afraid to practice any kind of what could be deemed by others as quote-unquote negative magic. What would you say to them to encourage them to read this book? I might not necessarily encourage them to read it, okay. to be honest. Mm -hmm. A lot of the clients that I get are people that are Christian or are from specific cultures outside of the white, kind of white, white magical culture. Mm -hmm. And for me, it is more important that I meet them where they are at Fair. and work with them in a framework that they are able to work with without pushing through psychological barriers that could do damage mm -hmm. than it is that they buy my books. Fair enough. Oftentimes what they like what happens a lot, what happened a lot with me in California is that, for example, I had a lot of clients from the Mexican and Filipino communities who would come to me and sometimes teach me their stuff because they either didn't want to be culpable for doing it mm -hmm. or just because they didn't want the magic workers in their own eth ethnic communities to know what they, they were, were doing, doing because of the gossip risk. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so having so a... So they wanted it done their way, but not by their people. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they needed somebody with the juice to actually do it. And they found me somehow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and practicing radical non-judgment includes not forcing my moral system on the people that come to me. Right. Right. So it is about, this is where you were at. If they wanted to look at the book, I would say, well, go up as far as the small stuff thing mm -hmm. or the clearing stuff out of your house. Cause a lot of people, and it does come back to the law of three. Cause I remember what, like people literally taking beatings in the nineties because they had the harm none thing in their head. Mm -hmm. Like I know people who literally did that. and like, why? No, because there's a lot of stuff where there is, there was this weird Wicca shaming around setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was more important to be nice. It was more important to be have good karma. And, you know, if you read the first chapter, I had the privilege of interviewing Jeffrey Bailey before he passed on. He was raised Hindu. So, like, explaining how we've completely misappropriated the concept of karma in the pagan religion. Yes. You know, in pagan religions was really helpful. I was already kind of halfway there because of my, my yoga training, but... Mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate that I got to speak to him before he passed on about this so I could get it as right as I might be able to right mm -hmm. now. That's very good. Yeah. And very useful. So yeah. if for no, if for no other reason than in the most people in the West don't understand karma, especially in neo-paganism is a subject I harp on all the time. So get mm -hmm. this book and read about that. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. I think there's a little something for everybody. It may not mm -hmm. be for everyone. Right. Um, and, I, I don't think everyone needs this whole book. Like I said, it covers no. a, a very wide range of topics. If you do need this whole book, you're in some deep, deep shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you probably need not just this book, but an expert to help you. Exactly. Um, you might want to call me. I might have to refer you. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, like you, every, everything in the book is something that comes directly from my experience. So I have been in deep, deep shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But I do think there's something in here for everyone. Yes, I would agree. You won't need the whole book, but when you get to the chapter that you do need, it'll be a revelation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Diana? Any <laughs> thoughts you'd like to leave us on? So if you do get through the book and you do find yourself on a holy crap, I'm in trouble level, mm -hmm. I, my partner and I are both available for bookings. Um, my partner works more directly with the animistic spirits. I work with the non-animistic spirits and living spirits a lot more. Or if it is, but I do want to emphasize, and I mean this, there is no such thing as an unbreakable curse. Mm -hmm. Even if it's an ancestral curse, I will say that sometimes that calls on cultivating some humility. There are some things where you just need the help where you're not going to power through it. And no matter how pious or good you are, shit can still happen. That's right. That's right. And I did really appreciate that. That And that's why I quoted it in the opening. Mm -hmm. uh, that the no curse is unbreakable yeah. sort of mantra. I think that's really important for people. I think sometimes people get told that their curse is unbreakable because yes. whoever they went to couldn't break it. Yes. But that doesn't mean that it is by nature right. unbreakable. Exactly. You no, know, it just means you need to go back and use some new methods to solve the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. So. I think it is also really good in here. If nothing else, read the chapter on whether, like you said, on whether or not you've been cursed. Because reading books on hexing and countercrossing and things like that can make people a little paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just a touch. Just a touch. So really pay attention to that chapter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, but it, it is important. I, I will say, though, that a lot of, of the stuff that you describe in here yeah. to, to break curses or to countercross or, or, or the protections that you can do, even if you're not cursed, it's not going to hurt you. No, it's not. No. So, like, if, if all it brings you is peace of mind. Then that's done its job. <laughs> and, and a lot of rituals are essentially a form of mental health self-care. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you happen to have the spoons, clean up your house and add some protection and cleansing to it. Mm -hmm. That's not going to hurt anything you've done unless you, you're paranoid like me and have overdone it once or twice. <laughs> but like there's one time I did an invisibility work on in my house and my ex-boyfriend and the pizza guy couldn't find me. <laughs> in yes. retrospect, the ex-boyfriend not being able to break through it should have been a ticker. Mm -hmm. should have clued me in uh, uh, a, a, yeah a, a red flag there yes Gwen yes. has has put a uh, a notice me not on her grimoire so that i i can never find it when she sends me to look for it so we, we're familiar with the problem yes exactly <laughs> exactly and our house as well mm -hmm. we put a protection spell on our front gate now half the delivery people and half can't the get delivery here. people can't find us <laughs> yeah so yeah. that that does yeah. happen <laughs> Yeah, I, I have learned to put in keys for people, like mm -hmm. with my ex-wife, um, when we lived in a small apartment, and I was like, and I had a circle up, like, I gave her this image key of a penguin, because for some reason, she was always vaguely thinking about penguins, I don't know, um, and so she had the penguin up, she could walk through without breaking the circle, because it was a key that let her ah, pass through, nice. so you might be able to do that for delivery people, mm -hmm. sounds yeah. good, yeah, yep, set something up, that could work, you know, like right. use the DoorDash Lego or whatever, yeah, yeah, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Diana. This is seriously Hex Twisting is a wonderful book, mm -hmm. and and is it is it officially available now, Diana? I know there was some no, some question marks is, about the release date. 
It is unofficially available. <laughs> I honestly don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> I know so it's on I, Amazon. <laughs> it is on Amazon and people are getting it, but the release date is still marked for December 8th, but people stateside for the most part are getting it. Okay. And it can also be ordered direct for me. So I have many, many copies in my office at, uh, at North Nectar Meadery. <laughs> so, waiting to go out? Waiting to go out. Yeah. Yes, I actually received both my Kindle version and the soft, cover. soft cover version. And I was like, very surprised. Yeah. I was like, well, look what's in my mail today. It released early, I guess, I question guess. mark. That was like in October. <laughs> yeah, and I am very happy that that is happening, but they told me at the beginning of October that it was going to be delayed, so. Yeah. Who knows? So the book is ambiguously out. It is ambiguous. It is officially out uh, December 8th, but you may be yes. able to get it before then, especially if you live in the, in the United States. And we need for it to do really, really well because I want Llewellyn to put it on Audible. Yes. <laughs> so you just no kidding. It. I want it uh, yeah. to be on Audible. Mm -hmm. I will record it my damn self <laughs> if I need to and send it I to them. So, <laughs> I am so tempted to just record Urban Magic for Audible as it is because mm -hmm. I know so many people that are vision impaired mm -hmm. that just... I drive yeah. almost an hour to work, mm -hmm. you know, and then an hour back home. I listen to books. Or like, I, I find it easier sometimes to focus on a book if I'm doing something else with my hands, which yeah. means I can't actually read it with my eyes. So I need yeah. it to be in an audible form. I would, I would love if Hex Twisting was on, was on audible so that when I'm driving in the car, I can just be listening yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, absorbing all the knowledge. So Marcus is, Marcus is my publicist at Llewellyn. So Marcus, if you hear this. Marcus, if you're listening. <laughs> we want it is. audible. Give it. I'll buy it again. I'll, I'll record it for you. We'll get car to record it. Whatever you need, we'll do it. All right. Thank you very much, Diana. We will see you around yes, in person. Yes. And we will see you yes. at convocation. Yep. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Okay, so that was wonderful. Yes. I really enjoyed talking to Diana. Of course, I always enjoy talking to Diana mm -hmm. because Diana is an incredibly knowledgeable and experienced witch. Yeah, and there's a lot of, I mean, we talked about it during the interview, but yeah. this book is really, really oh, comprehensive. It covers such a wide, not just a wide range mm -hmm. of subject matter and, and offers so many practical solutions, mm -hmm. but it's just that you can feel the, yeah. it's the expertise. I'm going to put it out there. Yes. I'm going to put this out there. I think this is the best book on this topic I have ever read. Yeah, I agree. It's very, it's very good. very good. Even the stuff in here that I'm not going to use exactly as it's written, mm -hmm. I feel will be pretty easy to adapt to my kind of practice. Absolutely. It's it's very good. I, I'm, I mean, five stars. Mm -hmm. No and, question. And I, I do appreciate that Diana says, you know, I don't want someone to take mm -hmm. this book if it's going to, like, really... To cause them serious cause them psychological, serious psychological distress. distress, that kind of thing. But I think for those witches who are, who are in need mm -hmm. of advice and wisdom who want to be able to take care of their shit, <laughs> then I think this, this is going to be so helpful. And, and like I said, I'm going to, 
read it and read it again. I'm going to be yeah. underlining it. I am going to demand it be on Audible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a there's a ton of diagnostic stuff in here. Yeah. It's just it's so it's much so, so comprehensive. Much and it like I said, it really is not a huge book. Let me see what the page count is on this. But yeah. It's it's very manageable. There's some pages in the back to write notes to mm -hmm. write your own notes. Yep. That's yep. nice. There's That's a nice there's index. a yep a very uh, comprehensive usable yeah. index. Mm -hmm. It's got a bibliography. You know Which, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that the, is the mark of the hallmark <laughs> for Ode is the bibliography. Yep, got a got a good bibliography. Got a good recommended reading list ahead of that. I see these are two separate subjects, and I I love that they are both mm -hmm. here. But it is 250 pages of uh, actual main text and needed text. Yeah, it, it really is. Get yourself onto whatever platform yep. or into whatever <laughs> and see store. See if you can get one of those early copies. Yep. <laughs> It was the funniest thing because I'm, I'm sitting there at work and I was on lunch and I went to my Kindle reader, mm -hmm. um, cloud reader. You were not expecting I it to was, be there. And all of a sudden I look and what the fuck? I have a new thing in my library. I have text. Did, what? <laughs> you know, so I opened it. I started reading. I'm like, ooh, this is good. Yep. You know, and then not, I got not an home. Art copy. <laughs> then I got home uh -huh, and lo and behold. I had a physical copy as well. And I'm like, it's Christmas. Yeah. Yep. Mysterious. It was mysterious. Happen. It was, you know, it was great. So we don't know if Amazon broke street date or oh, what. Who knows? Some, Who knows what happened? pushed the wrong button, but yeah. I don't fucking care because this is such a good book. And yes, I'm, you know, we're going to just praise the snot out of mm -hmm. it. And we're going to say, listeners, get yourself out there and get you a book. copy. Yeah. And uh, get Diana's uh, Urban Magic book as yes. well. We didn't review it here, but I do have a copy of it on my Kindle, and it's I like it a lot. I'm pretty sure I reviewed it on the blog. I think you did, actually, I did. yeah. I think, because so. you bought this book for me. I did. Yeah. So. Because I thought it was very, very good. Mm -hmm. And I had seen her class. I've been to her yeah. class in 2019. Yeah. And this was so. before I knew Diana at mm -hmm. all, so. We know it is the last uh, recording of the month, and we're supposed to have done segments. We're we did not... Prepare segments. <laughs> can we just again apologize to our faithful listeners who for, put up with so much shit for put us? Put up with so much shit from us. We forget so much shit right now. But to be honest, you know, life. Yeah. That that's just you know that's the only excuse I have right now is yeah. life. Um, I'm hoping in the new year that maybe we, we will all be we'll able get back into a rhythm. To get back into a rhythm, maybe bring who knows? Maybe we can. Bring know. some new stuff into the podcast. Maybe we Injecting had, a, we had a, some new life. I don't know. I don't know. We had a really good routine for a while. We did. And we just lost it, and it's been a mess ever since. I blame 2020. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can blame everything we on 2020. That's, that's my generation's, like, we're going to blame everything in life forever on 2020. Gen yeah. Z, too, probably. Yeah. So, we, you know, we do want to get ourselves back on mm -hmm. track with the, the Three Pagans and a Cat format that you know yes and hopefully love l <laughs> uh, says it's been a time yes correct yes i know um but so so we did not prepare segments but no no um, i completely have, forgot yeah so. gwen gwen forgot about it completely but completely. we do have some i i have some fun stuff to talk about so i went to a new store today I in was, our area i am so fucking jealous you guys gwen so was fucking like, jealous. i had 
had to work. When was it work? But I, I was went, making money and they were out going to making stores. I was out spending it. Um, Without me. But we're going to go on Saturday. Yes, we're going to go back to the story. And Saturday. and I are going to go on Saturday while the other two are working. Greetings to Finn. Hey, Finn. Yes, you did miss the interview, Finn. You but did. You're, you're here for my review of a paying right. store in the Kalamazoo area or technically in the Portage area. Um, it is just called Healing Crystals and Stones, which is the most on-the-nose name for a store I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, but it's a nice place. I like their card. Yes, this is this is the little loyalty card. That's neat. So, nice store, well-maintained. They're still getting stocked. It's very recently open, so if you're in the Keizu area, give them uh, a visit. They're in the same little plaza as um, Chocolatee, mm -hmm. uh, which is a place where you can get all kinds of chocolates and teas. Wonderful like stuff. you might expect from the name. Mm -hmm. But I picked up a, uh, I picked up some stuff while I was there. Oh, so. my God. The size of these stones yes. that I'm looking at right now. So, first of all, everybody uh, who's listened long enough knows about my issues with rose quartz and how I've never found a piece of rose quartz that vibes with me. Uh, I found one. It's gorgeous, too. It's fucking huge. So, so I, I finally found a piece of rose quartz that is as sharp as I am. <laughs> and beautifully pink, mm -hmm. which you are also. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. I'm actually kind of sallow. I'm more yellow than pink. But, um, but so got I got some rosy going on every now and then. So, so I found a, a really nice big piece of rose quartz. It really is pretty. Rough. It is actually quite sharp. It's got lots of corners and angles. I've never found a piece of rose quartz before that that I have successfully vibed with. May but, uh, I hold it? Yeah, but but this one agreed to come home with me, so that oh, was yeah. that was nice. That is a nice stone. Swan says pink is punk. Certainly can be. I also got a a great big palm sized piece of clear quartz, mm -hmm. which is nice. All my other pieces of quartz, all my other uh, quartz friends are little itty bitty tumbled friends, so. Got a, a much larger one to use Definitely with a palm size. Mm, to yeah. use with for um, probably going to use this guy with meditation and such. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a very nice piece. Mm -hmm. And then I got. I want to hold that one. Yes, I got the most probably the most beautiful piece of green fluorite oh I've gosh. ever seen in my life. It's extremely translucent. It's got a little bit of uh, dendritic inclusion. It reminds me of a little. Yep, yeah, got a little bit of purple in the center there. Look at you, gorgeous. Yeah, so beautiful nice. piece. So nice. So much energy. Yeah. Like, I'm green and I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the prices, it's it's a little pricey, this store. And part of that is because they, they hand select all their stones and they everything in the store is AAA quality. Well, and Which if all... you are familiar with um, semi-precious stones at all, they, they go in a ranking system. So AAA is generally the highest quality level for a stone. Then there's... Double A, single A, down the line. All the stones that you just showed me mm -hmm. are all hand size. Yeah, these are all They'll fit in your hand. Yeah. So they have a lot of very large specimens. All the specimens are extremely high quality. You pay for that, essentially. But if you have the money, uh, it's it's a very nice store to go to. to and they have a good range of mm -hmm. stones. Uh, they have some stuff you don't see in a lot of places. So would you say, because you said it's a pagan store, would you say it's a pagan store? It, or is it a rock store? I would say it's a new age store. Okay, fair. 
It is largely focused on stones. They do have a few other little things. They've got some little witchy wind chimes. Mm -hmm. They've got some incense. I love me some witchy wind chimes. They've got, you know, some Buddha stuff because right. that's what you find in a New Age store. Right. I'm hearing about cauldrons, though. There's there's a couple of cauldrons there, yes, which is what I'm going to take Gwen to look at on Saturday. Mm -hmm. They also have these little mystery bags. Yes. I got two. Because of course I did. Of course you did. <laughs> so for $25, you get a little mystery bag full of who knows what. And they, it's a nice size bag. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty pretty good size bag. And it's, it's probably, not flat. No, it's probably four inches long. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say four and a half by five. Yeah, pretty nice bag. And now I'm going to open it and see open what's it. inside. Tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. Holy crap. Oh, wow. There's a lot of stuff in this mystery bag. You know, you was coming up. <laughs> Brandon Grace says, dude, I cannot resist a mystery bag, and obviously same. Oh, my God. Okay, one thing, I'm going to be buying a mystery bag <laughs> when I'm yeah. there on fucking Saturday, you guys. Yeah, so for $25, I got this mystery bag, and inside was a little white sage uh, incense cones by mm -hmm. Hem, the standard yep. incense cones that you find everywhere. Very nice. So some white sage incense cones, a uh, piece of Palo Santo. I want to check and see if it's the real deal. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's the real deal. It does not smell perfumed. Yeah, no, very that's subtle scent. The, that's the real deal. That's the good stuff. Because uh, sometimes, you know, you go to the store and it's yeah, and been you can treated. smell it you from it. it's been like treated, six feet away. And you're like, whoa, okay, not buying you. Yeah, it's been doused in perfume. Uh huh. Um, so now I've got, a, got some white sage incense cones, that some Palo Santo, nice. and a whole bunch oh of my God. stones. So oh a few more pieces that. of quartz, some more rose quartz. Some more amethyst. Yep, got some amethyst, got a piece of rhodonite, some K2, looks like jasper. That's nice. Yep, some more jasper, red jasper. Yeah. So yeah. Those are great. And definitely $25 worth of, oh, of stones yeah. here, and more actually. You got like a little triplet amethyst. They are amethyst. not baby stones, Rhiannon Gray. They no. are actually fairly nice large. Large pieces. Um, I would say almost all of them are at least one inch. Several of them are, yeah, several of them are two inches or more. They're they're tumbled, but they are absolutely not baby stones. They're not chips. They are uh, very, very nice pieces. Yeah, they really are. I'm liking these amethyst twins over yeah. here. Those are nice. Yeah, but that's oh the smallest gosh. one, and it's still like oh. a piece that if you bought it loose at a... Uh, if you bought it loose at a pagan store, it would cost you a couple of bucks. Oh, yeah, at least. That is very nice. These are ni very nice stones. Mm -hmm. Definitely do recommend... Mystery bag. The, the mystery bags from Healing Crystals and Stones mm -hmm. in Portage, Michigan, if you can get out here. Do we know if they have a website? They uh, they have a sister account on Etsy called at thecrystaldoctors.etsy.com. Ooh, I'm going to go check that yeah, out. Yeah, so if you if you go on there, I don't know. It's It says follow our sister account, so I don't know uh, how closely linked that is to the store that they've just opened. Finn says... That bag sounds awesome. My wife found me the Disney Villains Tarot at Marshalls of all places. Oh, my gosh. But she said I can't have it until Yule sobbing Aww. face. Is she one of those? <laughs> She's being mean to you, Is Finn. she one of those that tells you what your gift is but then doesn't have That's just you. unkind. That's just not nice. <laughs> so are you going to open your other grab bag? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have, bag. I have one more mystery bag, so I'll open this oh, one. Oh, and what's the, you also have another one. Oh, yeah. So so for free. Oh, you got the, probably because you spent so much. Yeah, so so for free, the owner gave me this little this little blue spell bag, you know, the, the typical sort of muslin bag. Yeah. It's got little stars and moons on it. They cute. had them in several colors. She asked what color I wanted, so I got blue. And she also gave me a piece of jet. Oh, nice. A piece of tumbles jet. All right, yeah, seriously, on Saturday. Oh, yes, Rhiannon Gray says uh, the true test of mystery bags is if they're all basically yes. the same inside. So I will open the second Let's one and we'll find out. One and we'll find out <laughs> if it's identical or a close second. I am still just amazed over here by all the size of mm -hmm. these stones. They're so... So the second one does also contain... Palo Santo. Piece of Palo Santo. More stones. More stones, for sure. No incense in this one, it looks like, but a whole oh, bunch of stones. Oh, a whole bunch of some nice big, again, yep, really very big large. <laughs> Got some golden quartz here. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Got a whole bunch of stones. Mm -hmm. Finn says, so is it fair to say you got stoned? Yes. <laughs> very much so. Very yes, much very so. Very much did get stoned. A lot of really useful stones. And mm -hmm. again, what's really, usually when you get a mystery bag or a grab bag, what you get is small stones. Yeah, these are right? not, uh, these, these are, are not, not chips. They're, these are like very respectably sized. You would sized. pay like five to ten dollars for some of these. For stones. some of these, yeah. So these are, these are quite nice. This is a, this is a good bag, this honestly. This is a good bag. And I'm loving the Palo Santo. Mm -hmm. Again, it's just, you know, yep. it's the real stuff. It's the, the real the subtle deal. Yeah, that's yep. subtle. We might keep this up here. <laughs> Hail Dictinus. Sorry, I'll buy you a new one. <laughs> it's all right. I don't use Palo Santo that often. This one will, <laughs> this one will do me fine. <laughs> Hail Dictinus. Mm -hmm. Need some smoke over here. New, new store. Yay. <laughs> all right. That's all we have for you today, folks. Yep. Um, again, we want to thank Diana for joining us. Yes. We want to encourage you to get Diana's book, mm -hmm. Hex Twisting, Counter Magic Spells for the Irritated Witch. <laughs> uh, but she also has other books out there that mm -hmm. you need to get because those are also very, very good. Yep. All um, recommended. But, yeah, all recommended. But seriously, let's give some love and some attention and, you know, get this book and then tell other people about it. And let's just sell the snot out of this book. Mm -hmm. And so that Llewellyn will make it into an audio so that, book and then yeah. we can listen to it while we Because that's what it'll take. <laughs> it'll take the pagan community going, we want this book on Audible. We want the book. The book. <laughs> that's right. All right. All right. Goodbye, so all. Oh, we can't do that yet. Why? You can listen oh, to Oh, that's that. right. Okay. Where can I find us? You can oh. find us on Google. <laughs> If you Google the number three and the words pig and a cat or the number three and the letters P-A-A-C, mm -hmm. or you will get a Google results page that links to all the things that we hypothetically do. Which we have not really been doing, <laughs> but they're still there. You can read the, the uh -huh. older stuff that I've written. Yes. And you can watch the older videos that we've shared. Mm -hmm. And hopefully in 2022, things will improve. And we'll start doing those plan. things again, perhaps. We'll start, yes, perhaps. well, and... To dream. Yes, the, that is the dream. Well, we have convocation to look forward uh -huh. to. And 2022 is going to be a better year. God, fingers crossed. We've said it before. <laughs> I just want... I, I want 2022 to be whelming. Yes. The normal amount of whelm. Yes. Un, an unremarkable 2022, please. And get us on a new path. 
No more interesting times. That's right. Except I mean, for, nice, straightforward, uninteresting times. Except for us getting back on track. Right. <laughs> All right. So thank you again for listening. You know we love you. And um, hopefully Car will be joining us in some form or fashion. From downstairs somehow. Somehow. But if we'll not, figure it out. you'll get our lovely dulcet tones mm -hmm. again. So. Uh, and <laughs> if you would like to look up Diana's book, uh, or Diana herself. Uh, there will be links in the episode descriptions, but you can also uh, find her. Her name is Diana Rachel. It is spelled D-I-A-N-A -A, space R-A-J-C-H-E-L. Mm -hmm. And the book again is Hex, Twi Hex Twisting, Counter Magic Spells for the Irritated Witch. Hex Twixing would be a completely... Hex Twixing. That would be like food uh, hexing. Yeah. Eat that evil Twix. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, all. Goodbye, goodbye. We love you. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you uh, in the upcoming. Tour. Right. Yes. Yes. We'll see you next week, as usual. As usual. With or without car. That's right. All right. Goodbye. Come on. Come on.